Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. God. Hey, good evening. It's time for a wonderful surprise episode of Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling and the great Ryan Sterling. When I get troubled about it, basketball, especially Indiana basketball, this is who I turn to to explain it to me. Indiana with a thrilling win in double overtime against a, uh, a challenged Northwestern squad. Indiana couldn't shoot early, couldn't really shoot late. It made a lot of foul shots. Ryan, what the hell happened that changed the tide for Indiana and gave this win? Well, I think, well, two things. One, uh, free throw line. Uh, they started actually knocking down free throws. I think they saw um, they missed their last in their last 32 foul shots or something like that. They missed five. Uh, really good free throw shooting down the stretch. Uh, and I really do think that in the last three minutes of regulation and in overtimes, you saw a, a different mindset uh, about that three-minute mark, heavy defensive pressure, I thought kind of got them into the game a little bit more, and uh, Derman and Franklin were great. Agreed. A different mindset. What does that tell you about this Indiana team? Uh, it tells you that they don't come to play for 40 minutes. Uh, That's not a good thing. No, and they came to play tonight for 18 and won, uh, and that kind of tells you where Northwestern basketball is apparently at this time. Maybe they didn't play great. I have no idea. But uh, because I mean, we don't watch a lot of Northwestern, we we do not. But uh, yeah, just it goes to show that you know this team it, they they can play and they're good if they come out and play hard for forty minutes. They just it doesn't look like they either have the energy or the want to, to to get it done for that long. And they flipped a switch tonight and it ended up working out for them. But let's talk about the offense because the offense had you troubled. What troubles you about Indiana's offense? Uh, there's a, a we we've got a uh, we're on a time limit, so let's try to keep this under two hours. I know there's a litany of things you'd like to discuss about the the offense, but give me the the nutshell. Uh, no pace. Uh, no one's coming off screens, hunting shots. I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, you got to know how to work out of a double team in the post. Uh, no one, no down screens. People throwing passes and just following with a ball screen. It's the easiest offense to guard uh, that, that I've seen in college basketball. They seem to be very, very easy to guard. One thing that I never see, all right, a lot of times with other teams, not with Indiana, you see teams enter the post. The double will come from the weak corner, all right? If a guy's out on the weak corner, the double comes from there. And guys on the post, they'll make the catch, and they'll swing it to the weak corner, and you get an open three. You never see that with Indiana, ever, ever, ever. And that guy in the corner is open all day long. He is, and I think the the reason you see that is there's always a guy on the opposite block for Indiana. Every time I saw a double team, I saw a guy standing on the opposite block or somewhere in the lane in the vicinity of where Davis was. If you go four out around that, you get a guy kicking into the post and then cuts off the off the post entry. Right, that, that causes some issues with the defense getting the double team in. Uh, but there's just there's a, just a complete lack of spacing around Jackson Davis when he gets doubled that doesn't allow for the type of movement you see from a normal college basketball offense. And I also see this. Teams are starting to get smart with Trace Jackson Davis. They'll allow the entry, and they'll wait until he puts it on the deck to send the double. And that seems problematic for Trace. 
Yeah, he's got he's got one thing to go to, and that's his left hand. He goes over that right shoulder, and he's he's got that little left hand little push shot, and he can he can turn to his left shoulder and, and lay it up. But that's pretty much the two things that he's got going for him. And if you if you double from the opposite block and and take away that right shoulder, he's he's kind of stymied, and he doesn't really know how. He's not really effective enough as an offensive player to combat that. Apparently, I I, I just haven't seen it from him. Indiana now three and nine. Under Archie Miller, the game after winning against a ranked opponent. What does that tell you about Indiana? Uh, it tells me that the players think they're pretty good after they <laughs> beat a ranked team, and, and they're not. Uh, and it's it's something you know. Obviously, you beat a ranked team, you want to build off of it. You yeah. don't want to think, get all fat and happy about you know. Yeah, we beat Iowa, and now we go up to Northwestern and we play you know, 13, 15 minutes of good basketball and we win. Uh, I hope they they learn and, and they come out. Uh, in, in a couple of days, I forget who they have next, um, but come out and, and play with some some ferocity and, and understand that their season's on the line here. You, you, you can't you can't be losing games down the stretch and expect to make the NCAA tournament. And against the Big Ten, you're really playing against a decent team every night. There are no really bad teams in the Big Ten. Northwestern, they scored poorly the last seven minutes of the first half. They got one bucket, and that was late. Indiana scored one bucket. How about this? So... Uh, Indiana, early, they can't score. Al Durham hits a three with 14.25 left in the half. And the next stoppage of play, out he comes. What the hell, uh, uh, what is happening when a coach takes out a guy who's just hit your only shot in the first six plus minutes of the game? Uh, You're getting a little too rigid uh, with your your thinking in terms of, getting guys in the game and, and getting a flow going. And, and maybe that's a set thing. The first stoppage under 15 minutes, Durham comes out of the game. And that's just kind of the way the rotation has worked. Um, but, yeah, again, if you're struggling to score that much on offense and you've got a guy who knocks down a shot, you know, screw. Let's screw, leave him in. Right, yeah, screw the rotation. Free throws. Uh, how can a team be this bad early in the game shooting free throws, which is really there? It, it wouldn't be an issue if it weren't recurring. You know, they can't hit free throws. So how, how do you fix that? Do you fix that? What What's the deal? Well, I mean, all you can do is work at it. I, I can't imagine they don't shoot free throws. They have to be shooting them at some point during practice. But I think that all goes back to that mindset we, we were talking about earlier when, you know, with that, that three minutes and under in, in, that, in those overtimes, I, I can't remember. They might have missed one or two. Yeah. But they were really good from the free throw line. And, and that's being locked in defensively and offensively. And that, and that gets you, you know, then you're locked in at the line. Okay, let me ask you this. As you, as you have a team like this that's kind of soft in the melon, right? Mm-hmm. They're not consistent. So that means they're not disciplined. They're not, they've got issues. Is that a matter of recruiting the right guys who play at that level all the time? Or can that be instilled in guys who have a tough time playing that way if you recruit them because they're long, they're talented, but they, nobody gives 32 minutes in a high school game, right? So I don't know. Is it? It's a chicken or egg thing. Have they recruited this problem, or is this a cultural problem within the program? I, I, and this is a cop out answer, but I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I think there is a, a little bit of a cultural issue. Um, I also think that when you can fix that quickly by recruiting like one or two classes of a, a good, hardworking kids. Um, and you saw that with Indiana when they brought in Holes and, and that Watford and that group, things changed because those guys worked 
they put in the effort and they were out there Alistair. for 40 minutes. Yeah. They're out there for 40 minutes when they were in the game, they were playing hard. And it, it might just be a, a thing of maybe extend that bench one or two more guys and say, Hey, look, I'm going to cut your minutes by three or four. But when you're out there, you're, you're giving all you've got. It's not a 90% effort thing. It's a hundred percent. How about this? Sit your ass down and you're not getting up until I see 40 minutes. I don't give a damn. I'm shifting. I'm going with a line shift. I'm bringing the four freshmen in and some guy. I don't give a damn as long as they put out some effort because I'm tired of it if I'm a coach, right? I mean, I'm not a crazy person in the <laughs> living room asking for this. I don't do that when I'm on the couch. Nobody would watch a game with me. Um, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and, like, how about not tolerate it? We get the behavior we tolerate, right? Yeah, and, and that's the one thing I've, I've always really enjoyed about Roy Williams at North Carolina. He, he doesn't take that. If they got five guys who are out there playing poorly and he's upset about it, there are five guys who don't normally play who are coming in the game, and you're going to watch these guys play and see how hard they I play. It, it might not go great. It might go really well because they're playing hard. But at the end of the day, it's it's that line shift. And, I mean, men's won a couple of national championships, and I think that's the mindset you got to have. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Because the freshmen all of a sudden started playing together, the four freshmen. So here's what I interpreted. Here's what I inferred. That at some point, Archie was putting the four freshmen together in practice. And they were running like the red team or the white team or whatever, the team that's not the, uh, the starters. And had maybe race on that team or whoever. And that team started beating the hell out of the regulars in practice. And Archie in his head's like, okay, to hell with this. I'm pulling these guys. I'm putting these guys out there for a couple of minutes. And they look really good together. It might be matchup oriented how it kind of works out in plus minus how do you see those freshmen building together and how do you see the way they work together uh so it's 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 going to be about getting those guys together and building a rapport and it, it might be the uh you know it, the pandemic and how things have kind of worked out these guys are just hanging with each other and it's wonders what you'd see with a group of four or five guys on the floor with five who, who actually like each other uh, and who genuinely have an affinity for one another, and they're they actually they're friends off the court, they're friends off the court, and it's um, it's something you don't really see a whole lot with the regular group of guys that play a little bit. You don't see a lot of guys rooting for for one another. Sometimes you see, I think you noticed during the game, Jerome Hunter trying to poach a rebound here oh, yeah. and there from yeah, from Jackson and Davis. Stevenson, uh, and and that's that's not good. That's not conducive to you know yeah. a, a nice back and forth between two players. Um, but you, you got to have a group of guys that really like each other, have each other's backs. Um, you see it sometimes. I, I've seen it a little bit with, with fantasy. There are passes that aren't made yeah. um, that are pretty clear passes to be made. And it's not just him, but it's just it comes to mind um, where, you know, guys are open and you got to give them the ball. And it's just a look and then it's a dribble and then, OK, I'll get you the ball. It's not a done. And these guys are good enough basketball players to know when guys are open and, and ready to shoot. And you got to give them the ball on time and on target and. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe some of the guys just maybe not not liking each other a little bit. We'll be back after this word from Pacers basketball. Pacers Co. is proud to introduce its new line of all-star grade products. Have your backboards lost their all-star shine? Don't worry. Introducing the all-new Domas Extra Strength Glass Cleaner. Thanks to a scientifically formulated mix of grit and determination, Domas Extra Strength cleans glass 58% more effectively than the leading competitor. Simply apply to an area and Domas works on contact. No fuss, no hassle, just professional grade hustle. Guaranteed. Available for a limited time. All right. 
Um, let's go to uh, what's coming up. They got six games left. Yeah. Right. You, you play against Michigan. Okay. You've got a game against uh, uh, Purdue. Minnesota. Uh, coming up, yeah, they've got Minnesota. That's one of the games they got to win. You've got Rutgers, Michigan State. It, Northwestern, Rutgers, Michigan State, kind of the games you had to win. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got these. How do you see this team kind of narrowing its focus down the stretch, trying to earn a tournament nod? And do they get one? I, I think they do get the tournament nod. Um, I think they've beaten enough quality teams uh, to get that. Again, they got you got to take care of your business. Again, like you said, if you if you beat you beat the Michigan State and you beat Rutgers, I think that's good enough. You got 13 wins. Um, you maybe you have to win a game in the Big Ten tournament, but in I, Minnesota, you kind of you win those three. You go 14 and 11. You feel pretty good. Yeah, I think you, I think you have to feel pretty good about your your chances of getting in. Um, not what you expected coming into the season. Uh, I think there are some higher expectations than that. I don't know if they were. Uh, reasonable going in, um, but I think this team is talented enough to make the tournament, and we've seen them beat decent basketball teams. They beat Iowa twice. Uh, you beat Stanford. Uh, Providence isn't horrible, and they they beat them badly. Right. I, I want to know where the and team overtime losses, overtime losses mm-hmm. to Illinois, Wisconsin, Florida State. So those those are, if there's such a thing, good losses. <laughs> yeah, true. And and honestly, I'd like to see where the team was that was playing in November and early December. Uh, that was a very good basketball team, fun to watch. Yeah, Race Thompson was was aggressive and, and seemed to be playing mean basketball as opposed to what you're kind of seeing now from people on the floor is like some pa- passivity to the yeah. way they're playing. Race Thompson is an interesting guy to me. He may be the most indispensable guy in this team because he can guard multiple positions. He's going to rebound. He's going to work his ass off on both ends, and they don't have a lot of guys like that. No, they don't. Um, and and he's, a, he's a guy that can give uh, Jackson Davis just a little bit of a, a spell defensively um, in terms of being able to guard a guy who's a little bit bigger. If you're asking so much of him, uh, Jackson Davis, I mean, on offense, you got to have a guy on defense that you can throw to multiple positions and right. give J- Davis a little bit of time to breathe. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's very important. Franklin's obviously very important, um, and, and Jackson Davis – but uh, among the other guys, you guys got to know their roles and figure it out. I think Hunter is going to be uh, – he's very – I think he's very important to this team. If they want to win multiple tournament games, he's going to have to get hot. No chance of that happening. Well, you did a great job. Thank you very much. Of course. Listen, you know what? I know you got the Robbie Huddle. You got the Settles kid. You got all these guys. I know he played in the Valley, not the Big Ten. But, my God almighty, when it comes to breaking down basketball, there's nobody better than this kid. You out of your mind? Right? I agree. Am I right? Look, Hummel, Hummel, you ask Robbie Hummel about Ryan Sterling, for the love of God. How about that? We'll just leave it there.